Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. And I am sitting here journaling away, and time is moving very quickly, and I got a lot to do first thing in the morning. And so I'm feeling a little push, a little extra pressure. The dogs are down, but we are creeping up into first light when they activate. So today is, I believe, you know how I am with these days and times, uh, Friday, the 26th of 2024. And as I record this, we are at this precipice moment where uh, we're seeing what happens when somebody sets a boundary. Now, you've heard me talk a lot about personal boundaries uh, and, you know, saying no and, you know, the wired for danger energy pushes, you know, past boundaries. Uh, But the other thing it does is it holds a boundary. So I want to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about peace, and a little bit about safety. And before we do that, if you're new, uh, I am filtering my experience through the world of what's happening now as someone who is wired for danger, which really means my theory is that we all have a default in our nervous system when we are faced with uncomfortable danger, I guess would be the best way to say it. Everybody does all three, and we are at a collective moment where it's not just what are we doing individually with fear and danger, but collectively. It's kind of like we're looking at the nervous system of the states within a country, but it's not just us, it's global. And so this is one of those moments in time where we're seeing things that happen to us individually play out collectively. And when you're in these kind of peak crisis, crucible, you know, historical moments, it's fascinating, I don't know about your experience, to be observing it, to be observing ourselves, and to be observing others, and how they are responding, and we are responding, and you are responding, and I am responding to what's happening somewhere out there. Because it kind of feels like, well, my experience here in my little cubicle of privacy, right, doesn't feel like civil war is on the brink. Uh, And even if a nuclear bomb went off, I wouldn't probably have any personal experience. But I would be at the effect of it in the sense of, you know, everything would go and change for all of us. So this is a fascinating moment where we can see What happens when our peace and safety are threatened by forces that we have no control over? And, you know, it just puts me in the shoes of little children, you know, when they have no ability to do anything but respond to the effects of others' actions. And so, The reason I am focusing on the words peace and safety is, you know, I'm in my keyword search and I think those are the two I'm going to stick with because the number one thing, you know, that women talk about is they filter through safety. And I've come to a place where I believe that it's the feminine energy that's responsible for holding peace 
Uh, I think the masculine energy is responsible for holding accountability. But the irony behind all of that is, is you can't have peace, safety, or accountability without all three happening, right? You can't, if you're not safe, it's hard to be at peace, but do we need peace to be safe? And can you have peace when there's no justice, right? And if you don't have justice, are any of us safe? And there's this interesting thing, you know, as I'm observing what's happening with me, what's happening with you, what's happening with all of us, is that we're, it's all coming to a head where we're being thrust into the experiences, whether we want them or not, and how we can only make our individual choices based on our values. Now, you've heard me talk about this in different ways. And in the last podcast, you know, the previous one, I talked about values and what's valuable. Uh, the previous podcast, I spoke to this idea of what's real, right? Because it's very difficult to know what or what isn't real at this moment in time. And uh, it is unsettling, right? Because this idea of feeling safe and sane versus being safe and sane, that's not just, you know, la-la thinking. That is a very, very real state of being and a state of of existence. And, you know, my whole exercise into this wired for danger thing is how can I be wired in such a way that I'm much more geared up for conflict, for danger, for crisis, uh, but I'm, I don't function in the normal calm world very well. But, you know, I believe in peace. I believe in everybody being safe. I believe in good. I don't want to create problems. I just understand I'm wired in such a way. And so this has been a huge internal conflict for me because, you know, most of us don't live through war on our own soil, especially in Western countries. And so this is the first time in a, you know, since the what Civil War that we in America have had to have this conversation on our home turf. So it's easy to just not think about the cost of war and things like that because it hasn't hit home. And so we're just in this fascinating period of time where we have to ask ourselves, you know, how do we want to participate? And that will be decided by your nervous system, how you respond to the threat to your own peace and safety. And, you know, one of the comments I've made is that, you know, most men don't function on a day-to-day basis in fear of their personal safety. But you will if there's like, soldiers in the street, then, you know, men will have more of a visceral response to danger when there is a physical threat. Uh, You know, for women, it's a very different experience. We filter through, I think, I hadn't really thought about it, but I have been kind of taken aback by how much of my decision making on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis filters through my personal safety. And most of it's not stranger danger. Most of it is don't have an accident, you know, try to eat in a way that I'm not creaming myself, uh, you know, preparing for weather, uh, you know, keeping an eye on the car. I mean, there's lots of just practical safety issues, but I have a heightened 
situational awareness thing happening uh, that, you know, at a therapeutic level, they'll say, oh, you had trauma as a child, so you're hypervigilant. Or my, my view of it is, is that having uh, lived out in nature a really long time now, uh, I've gotten really good at my situational awareness. I've gotten really good at being able to eyeball movement in the distance and listening to noises. And I think that's a incredibly valuable skill. It's not a sign of my trauma. It is if you're disabled by it. But, you know, I remember when I was got my first dog, I think I was like 30, I got my first dog, and it's the first time I was able to sleep at night and relax because I did have a hypervigilance about being unsafe sleeping alone. You know, that is a trauma response. Of course, now my dogs sleep through all the noises, but whatever. That's a separate issue. But that was a lot of why I got a dog was it, it gave me permission to relax in my situation, because uh, I told myself the dog would wake up and warn me so that I could take action. I'm laughing because the first time that I had the dog, when he, my first dog was a low growler, which is the preferred, I prefer that. I don't like the barking, you know, if something was outside, he'd do this low growl. And I remember the first time it happened, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Right. So yeah, I want the warning, but now what do I do with the warning? And so most People who've experienced a lot of peace and safety may not have that as a natural response, but it's something I think that was part of nature and living outside. You had to listen to uh, the sound. This is a total um, uh, off track, but I'm laughing because I was listening to this fascinating woman. She was telling her story. I love The Moth. It's those podcasts where people talk about their stories. She was this British lady, and she was down in Caf- Africa for some reason. And she, heard, she, you know, in camp, and she heard rustling. And she didn't, you know, because she, she's lived, you know, in civilization and, and in cities. And she's like, well, what is that? She gets up, and there's an elephant walking by her head. <laughs> I'm thinking, talk about uh, situational awareness and freaking out. Like, what do you do when there's an elephant on top of you? But, but we're at a moment where we are being invaded. And so for people who haven't normally listened and been aware situationally, if we go to war, then that's going to become real at a whole new level. And it's easy to get lost in the fear. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I've been focusing on the the nervous system because you want your nervous system to activate. You want to be warned. You want to be alerted, but you also want to have mastery. So you can turn it off or you can tune it up or you can... uh, discharge the chemicals. The more you understand about your fear response, the safer you will feel. Because when you don't understand, you can't turn it off. And if you go long enough, which is what I think happens to uh, people who are wired for danger that are in high stress, whether it's war or police or things like that, when it's chronically on your high alert system, then you get damaged. And as you age, you can't turn it off. You know, we know that from people who chronically worry. It's not, 
literally a switch, but people who are chronically anxious or chronically worrying, as they age, that off switch breaks and they can't let it go. You may know people like that, just let it go. And they can't let it go because they have worn out their internal wiring to relax and let go of their fear response. So to me, this is all very real. And, you know, we've been in a bubble for a long time. I hope that nothing happens. And I intuitively think that it's going to, the federal government's going to back down, but we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think they're ready for full on war, but what do I know, right? We'll see what happens. And, uh, but we're at this peak moment where people are activating and they're perceiving danger, right? There's boundaries are being crossed. My peace and safety is being threatened. And we're seeing a response of kind of waking up to that reality and now taking action. And we haven't really been taking action. We've just been observing going, why is this happening to me? And uh, there's multiple convoys. There's three places on the border that convoys are coming to make a stand at the border. Uh, I don't know what that's going to look like. You know, one of them is here in Yuma and I'm having that conversation. I would actually love, I mean, everything in me would love to run down there and be a part of that and to witness that. The reality is uh, I'm not going to because what am I supposed to do with the dogs? You know, and I can't risk having something happen to me, you know, whether I uh, get caught up in something or whatever. It just, you know, there's a lot of threat for anybody who actually participates, as we've seen, you know, with the political protesters uh, in prison now. Uh, I don't have the luxury of having, you know, I can't leave the dogs in the car for six hours while I stand around. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of issues. So I don't see myself doing that, but everything in me wants to run down there and be engaged. And uh, I also read, you know, that people are starting to call up. Can we join the the Texas or uh, certain states, uh, you know, police or whatever the national uh, forces? There's a there's a switch. People are trying to figure out what happens if they go AWOL from the military, you know, because a lot of people don't want to to fight their countrymen, right? It's just the crazy people on top, not the normal people don't want to shoot their neighbor. Uh, You know, we saw that within the Civil War. Families were divided, but instinctively, we don't want to turn on our own until we are pushed into a state of division. And that state of division is always a fear, fear of what's going to happen, fear of what you're going to lose, fear of how you're going to be compromised, fear of what boundary is going to be crossed, which activates the nervous system, which says, how are you going to respond to this threat, internal, external, real or not? And so as we move into this moment of uh, crises at the border, things are going to come to a head. I actually forgot to look up what date the the uh, the dates are for people who are going down to the borders. Uh, that's a nervous system response. That's an escalation because you hype yourself up and then you're in a crowd and the crowd escalates and you have a group response. And, you know, tensions are high and Not everybody has mastery of their nervous system, and it's very easy 
to trigger, which we saw on January 6th, with people who are instigators who come in and trigger violence or sabotage or set other people up. It's a fascinating thing to observe, but this time it's on our soil for those of us that are in America or in Europe. We're seeing all kinds of protests there. We're seeing the Ukraine thing escalate. You know, it's hard to keep track of all these things. And this is all, you know, no different than somebody running up and banging on my door. And uh, so let's just take a breath and rewind for a moment. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is that we are at a peak moment. Most of us or all of us listening will not be physically involved in what's happening. All of us there or anywhere value, I would say, hopefully, our peace and our safety and think that we want justice. But don't know how to do all of that, especially in the midst of this crazy and this chaos. And so that's when we decide to either freeze up and disassociate. If we just tune out, we change the channel, we watch movies, things like that. Or, you know, we go out and we pick a fight so we don't have to think about it. Or we we act out or do something to avoid having to deal with the reality of this moment because for most of us, it's not real on our doorstep, but it will be real on our doorstep if, you know, the fuse gets lit. And every day is a potential of that fuse being lit where things will change. And you can't live in a constant state of fear of the someday And so this is all just this balancing act of what do we value? Do you value your peace and safety enough to want to participate in in keeping it? Or do you value it in a way you don't want to know about anything and you just want to shut down and keep your peace peace and safety in a private way as long as you can? I don't have an answer. And there is no perfect solution. But I think it's a perfect moment before that fuse gets lit, you know, and there's every day this year and beyond for a while, you know, that it's potential is to really ask ourselves, you know, what is peace and safety? At what point is standing your ground saying no, holding your boundary necessary to have peace and safety? And that's the question now the states are asking. Uh, It's a question that every human being should always be asking because we do a terrible job of teaching children about boundaries. That's what grooming is. Push the boundary, push the boundary, push the boundary. And that's what is happening to us collectively with this migration invasion. Push the boundary, push the boundary, push the boundary. And historically, I was reading this morning an article 
Uh, if you want to read it, it's at Armstrong Economics. Uh, he was talking about the Goth invasion, G-O-T-H, Goth. It was a migration invasion of Rome and how the decisions how to manage that ultimately led to the downfall of Rome. And it wasn't just one day, one decision. It was all the different decisions. And most of it was about which boundaries got held. Why some people said no, they can come in. And some people said no, they have to stay out. Uh, What were the real intentions? What was it that we wanted or they wanted more than the truth. They wanted their version, right? And that's what we're seeing right now. Oh, all of these people coming in are going to keep the Democrats in power. Well, that's a ridiculous assumption. We have no idea who's coming in because, you know, it's just like if there's a flood, you can't control just pure clean water cleaning out your street. I mean, there's debris, there's trees, there's cars. You have no control. Once you open a floodgate, you have no control over what decides to enter. So super, super, super fascinating moment in time. Huge history is happening uh, each day. And at the same time, these simple values of peace and safety and justice and uh, fear and, you know, freedom and all these simple concepts have been something that have just been debated and just been theorized. And now we are moving into the reality of what happens when people decide to say no you can't cross this line. And it's something that happens, you know, as a child grows up, you know, there comes a time where the child just says no, and they leave, like, you can't hit me ever again. Uh, You know, there's a time when people who are in abusive relationships, one says no, and they disappear. Or they say no, and they kill the other person. Uh, There's times in a job where you just say, no, I'm not going to put up with your crap anymore. I would rather hold my dignity and my values than be abused or create, you know, be criminal in my working job. We're seeing that in the military. It's more important for me to hold my values than to fight for a, a cause I don't believe in. So we're all going to be tested on our values, and we're all going to have our peace and safety threatened because we've seen the end of any kind of uh, justice that any of us can hold on to with any kind of certainty, right? There's just no way to be uh, feel guaranteed that the system is going to decide through logic and reason of the facts, what's fair and just. That's gone. And when you don't have justice, it's very difficult to have peace and safety. Just as when you don't have safety, it's very difficult to have peace and justice. So these three things are all tied up. But at this moment, you know, there's not a lot we can do about any of it. But it's really important to start thinking about very clearly how you're going to respond to it because 
part of, uh, you know, what happens in these kind of crisis situations is, you know, it's the little decisions that make all the difference in the world. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I didn't follow my intuition. You know, my gut said left, logic and reason said right, and I went right, and I'm like, what the F, Jill? You knew you should have gone left, right? How we haven't, we don't always trust ourselves. We don't always trust our intuition or our wisdom or our experience, or we resist because it's more work or it looks crazy, uh, you know, one of the reasons I have been trying to do this very simple way of living, which we are renegotiating in my mind right now, as more rain is coming. Now, f three more days or four more days of rain, I'm like, I can't do four days again. But part of it was exactly for this moment in time because everything in me has been screaming uh, lighter, leaner, faster, stronger. Be mobile, be mobile, be mobile. And I keep recreating all these situations where I've dragon dead weight with me. And I'm like, why do I keep doing that? Because everything is screaming, be mobile, be able to turn on a dime. And I'm like, there's rain coming. I am in a vehicle. I can pack up and I don't even have to drive very far, I think, to get out of the rain. So it's, you know, there's, we're just in this really amazing moment. And I just wanted to take a pause and I wanted to throw those words out, peace and safety, because justice is out the door. But how can we create enough peace and safety within our own tiny worlds right now to not be in a constant state of fear, you know, where we start to have a lot of health problems or, uh, or sanity problems, but still be capable of paying attention to what's happening around us. I mean, this is kind of, these are the moments that most of us who are probably are listening have been thinking about, preparing for, you know, and it's scary and it's exciting and it's uh, defining, you know, these are the defining moments of our collective history. You know, I often think, you know, in the American Revolution or the Civil War, there's lots of places where people just, you know, it was day in and day out because they were physically far away and they lived so remotely in such a rural place that the war never touched them. And so there's going to be some people who have that experience. But most of us are going to be impacted because we still use gas and we still buy food and we still like to call people on the phone and we need, you know, stuff and we need uh, information. So most of us are going to feel the hit to all of this in some way. Uh, and intuitively, like I said, my sense is that someone's going to back down, but, uh, but we're at one of those crisis moments where, you know, someone could just set off a firecracker and all hell breaks loose. You just don't know. There's a lot of instability in the ethers because there's becoming a challenge to the power of boundaries and that people are wanting to say no. And you cannot feel safe or peace in the complete absence of any boundaries. You know, you have to have boundaries to feel safe in your body. You have to have boundaries on your front door to feel safe in your house. You have to have boundaries on your country or your state to feel safe in your country. And if there's no safety, there can be no peace. 
unless you're a super guru master. But, you know, it's one thing to be peaceful when it's all far away from you. And it's another thing to be peaceful, you know, when the hordes are, the zombies are charging you, right? So uh, there's no, everyone's going to have a different experience and everybody's got a different history that they're bringing with this. But, you know, most people value justice and peace and safety and freedom. And those are all on the table right now, individually and collectively, And so I just wanted to mark this moment because it is a powder keg moment. Uh, Again, who knows? You know, things could just dissipate. It could rain and everyone's like, "Ugh, I'm just going to go home. Uh, Someone could back down and everyone goes, see, see, you know. So you just never know. Or it could be a firecracker shot, you know, the firecracker heard around the world and all hell breaks loose. I mean, that's how things start. Just one person reacts, whether it's intentionally or accidentally. Most of history gets lit up by one person doing one thing that creates a cascade. So uh, I think in this moment, whoever you are, wired for danger, wired to run away, wired to freeze up, uh, whether you like to pull back to feel safe, whether you like to pause and and be cozy to feel safe. Uh, If you like to push out into the problem to feel safe, uh, whatever your natural reaction to danger is, this is a really good moment to observe how you're reacting to a uh, clear and present danger that you don't even have to be in physical proximity to because most of us will be affected if things kind of light up in one way or the other. And it's a good lesson because even if things dissipate, it will give you really important information about yourself. And even more importantly, it will give you information about those around you. Because uh, I know we've all had this experience, like you count on somebody and then you see them in a crisis and you're like, oh, I can't count on that person. And that is devastating. But most often it's not life and death. When it's a war situation, it could be life and death or a natural disaster. It's life and death. So this is a really valuable time to not just observe yourself and how you're dealing with a threat to peace and safety, real or not, perceived, collective or individual. But even, I think, more importantly is to observe what others, how they're responding, uh, what values they're making decisions on, what nervous system response they're defaulting into so that you can make better decisions if things do go boom. So I just wanted to say that because we are in a very exciting moment, which I hope will just go away and nothing happens. But one of these times, it's not going to just go away. I mean, one of these times, something's going to light up. Something's going to happen. I am thinking, hoping, praying for not now. Uh, I am making the decision to, you know, I'm not going to go down there, but I am going to focus my energy on peace and safety for all, but also holding the boundary. You cannot push past my place where I say no, because I cannot be safe. If you are pushing into my 
zone of uh, my not comfort, but my zone of safety, my zone that I need to be safe and uh, collected in. So super interesting moment in time that I wanted to mark. Uh, And with that, we're going to take a deep breath. The dogs are activating the sun. They can tell when the sun's coming up, even though I am locked. I mean, I'm all hidden down here. You can't see the windows, but they seem to know the minute the first bit of light comes out. I keep telling them I can't make it turn lighter faster. And there goes Haven. She's doing her grunting thing. So deep breath, my friends, Uh, extra prayers of peace and safety for everybody involved on both sides of the borders and these issues, because I really don't want bad things to happen to anybody. But there's a part of me that's watching (laughs) that really wants to go dive into the fray. I'm not going to, but I'm sure going to wonder about what it would be like to dive into the fray. So deep breath, and I will hopefully see you next time.